Well, good day, Australia. And good day, Michael. I've got you back here again. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. That's good. And uh, as you can see in the background there, I'm just waiting for the unicorn to step out of the forest. Mike, I don't know if you had a chance to see the video that Richard Burbs and I did the other day. He's a British podcaster. He, he cut out a segment that we did on the Center K Trust. So let's just talk very briefly about that. How's things going with it? Good. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it's been powering along. A few of us are copying a beating, as can be expected. It would be lovely if everyone just stopped paying bills. It's a great way to bring the uh, corporation down to its knees. Absolutely. Uh, but it's always the same, isn't it? It's uh, history repeating itself. It's always the few that actually accomplish the result. So. Yeah, generally speaking, 1% leaves the rest of them. Yeah, it's, it's like the fear factor that's being forced into them. They truly believe that the corporate government is the be or end all, when in fact they're actually sitting in trees and so. Yeah, but the fact is, it is working. As you know, I had a big bill from the DBA, and that seems to have gone away. I settled the account with the BOE, and they haven't responded back. They did re ring me one day and ask how to get the money, so I sent them the letter that explains everything, and nothing's happened. So that was probably three months ago. So sure. I'd say they've got their money. And the same thing was Burr. Burr hasn't come back to me either. Burr is a very devious mob anyway, and they still haven't reinstated my license. But you know what, mate? I don't care because now I've signed up with Royal Registry. I'm just going to hand in my plates and my license because I don't need a license. And I'm going to start driving under common law plates. Yeah, so that's the idea of Royal Registry. It's to disembark the slave ship GovCorp as a slave and come onto the shore and then establish yourself back on the land as a living man and woman with the protection of the actual royal true crown, not the made-up one that they've used. And then establishing a private trust using the family crest. And then what we do is go through the motions of transferring all property that is in the straw name into your private trust. So it becomes your private property, okay. leaving the straw with nothing. No right. car, no bank account, nothing. That's what we need, especially the bank account, because we know they're coming to raid them. How's the work going now to establish a people's bank? There's two current registries operating in Australia. There's the Native Nation, which is under the Maori Land Act. And yes, it's, it is New Zealand, but the Maori Land Act is applicable to all land masses on the planet. So it can be established in any country. How does that uh, work? It goes back to equity. It's trading in trusts under equity. It's incorporated, but it has the uh, Crown seal. So the Crown recognises as a totally separate nation alongside Australia, New Zealand, Canada, America, India, oh. Africa, you name it. So it's a nation that can exist on the land for living uh, men and women. And as a whole, it's like living in another uh, parallel dimension, basically. You're actually living free in there and uh, they do everything they can. You create commerce in there, the whole lot. So you're not involved in the corporate world. And then you have Royal Registry, which is under the Crown, uh, which is what our Constitution 1901 is. So by registering with the Royal Registry, uh, you effectively have moved from being an Australian citizen to back to a British subject, or if you were like a, a living man and woman. This is an interesting question I had the other day. Can we travel on a Royal Registry passport or something instead of the, the GovCorp one? Do we have that yet? We don't. 
I don't have enough hours in the day to actually fix that big solution. However, uh, just because you're a living man or woman in the private, living in the private, it doesn't mean you don't operate as a straw. There are some benefits being a straw that you want to keep. For example, passports. Uh, unfortunately, airports around the world are corporation owned. They used to be government owned. Now they're corporation. Uh, it was like around World War II when if you wanted to fly to England, you just jumped on a plane and went. It's like a bus. Now they created all this extra revenue requiring passports, and visas, and all that nonsense. And the private corporations own that. So to get on a plane today, you have to get through the gate of a private corporation and their policy is you must have a passport. Yeah, I remember when we came over from England, we sailed over here in 1955, I think it was, and we didn't need passports or anything. We just walked no. in. That's right. Going to New Zealand was just a jump on the plane and you went. It was like, oh, yeah, I've done that too. Back in the 70s, I jumped on a plane over in New Zealand. Now, it's been normalised to believe that we have to pay for this and pay for that. and We don't have to pay for anything. Everything's been paid. Our electricity has been paid for. Water is free. It's natural. No one can patent it. No one can own it. People need to start waking up. Correct. Okay. Let's hope that's answered a few questions. What else were we going to talk about, Michael? The BOE. We do have the promissory note now active online. Uh, I heard something hilarious the other day. One of my members actually contacted the ATO office regarding their matter, and they used a uh, promissory note to their tax bill and the individual in their tax office told them that, yeah, we've heard that there's a new scam going around. <laughs> and oh, good. Well, I know that. propaganda again. Fear yeah. that people are not taxed. How ridiculous. The Bills of Exchange Act, 1909. People, Google it. Read the damn thing. It's our law. That's the only way your bill can be settled. This is a point I wanted to make too. What people don't realize, because we were just talking about the Maoris, what people don't realize is that if there is a law anywhere in the Commonwealth that could affect people in, in other parts of the Commonwealth, it affects everybody. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is why Australia is still governed by English law. Yes. And that's a good point because the Bill of Rights 1689 is a good example. Mm. It's valid. If you read up the GovCorp Acts, it actually mentions it in there, yet they're verbally telling us and in writing telling us they're not valid. It doesn't apply to Australia. What a load of crock. Yeah. They're lying to your face. They're making you believe something that's not true. You've yeah. got to question everything when they open their mouth. They're bloody lying. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I'm going to share the screen here, Michael, because this is relevant. I have just logged into my account on the commonlaw.earth website. And as you can see here, I have a few records that I have created. I've got my live birth record. I've got my vehicle record here. It would be handy to, if you want to be protected under the crown, under the constitution, which is uh, section 92, that would be the perfect way to transfer your vehicle over. The rules of commerce, the UCC, contract law, it wouldn't matter where you look, the law's the same. Yeah, I've got my record here, and when I filled it out, the form, I got a uh, record number. Now, until I get my number plate from uh, you guys from the Royal Registry, I'm going to use that number on my number plate. So once you decide to do it, 
come over to the Comlaw website here and it's there for you. You come over here to the right-hand side of the forms and as you can see here, we've got lawful rebellion, live birth child, marriage record, medical marijuana use, motor vehicle, oath of office, personal property, real estate, record your business, sign assembly, charter and vehicle registration. All of these can be done under common law, okay? Yeah. Once you get into the Royal Registry, you can switch between the two. Makes no difference, does it? So long as ownership title is recorded somewhere, then it's registered. It's the same. It can be right even talk about your dog. Council catch you walking your dog and they say, oh, hang on, uh, this dog's not registered at the council. We have to issue your fine. You can tell them to stop fine where it fits. If the dog's in control of your possession, it's your private property. You don't need it registered. If the dog is locked in your yard and doesn't escape from the yard, it's your private property. You have ownership of it. You have control of it. However, if the dog escapes the yard and runs around the suburb, then the council, in their right, can actually collect the dog and take it out because you didn't record the dog or register the dog. However, you don't have to register with council. So long as that animal is recorded somewhere that you are the owner of that animal, then it's registered. It's like driving your car down the road and you haven't paid your register and the cops stop you and say, oh, your car's not registered. Correction, the registration may not be renewed, but if you can see it on your system as not registered, then it's registered because if you can see it, it's registered. It's all the language. It's a double talk that they use all the time because naturally what we would say is when they say to it, oh, your vehicle's not registered, that's why he called you over. And the, the average Jay would go, yeah, I didn't get around to actually paying it or I was late paying. You're admitting to it. What you do there is you say, how do you know that? Yeah. And well, they have to admit you're on our system. Well, it must be registered yeah. with you, isn't it? Well, that's right. It's just because it's either suspended or this is why they don't cancel anything straight off the bat. They suspend. So if they suspend it, it's still recorded. It's still registered. It's just the complaint is payment. Mm. It comes back down to payment. They mm. want to steal your money. So you just do a promissory note yeah. or you do a bill of exchange on it. Now, if they come back on that and say, oh, we don't accept that method, it's ridiculous. I've got all the information on uh, lipforms.com. Yeah. Just print it out and send it to them. Explain to them how they're not obligated to follow the law, why they can make up their own rubbish as they go along. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I'm going to share the screen here for a moment so people can see live in private forms, lip forms, and uh, maybe you can talk about this a wee bit, mate. Yeah, there's a whole range of uh, tools that uh, are available here. There's uh, templated letters, things like that, which you can select from. Uh, the Bill of Exchange BOE is the free notice system. You just follow the notice. That's the Magna Carta thing up there. It gives you the step-by-step. -step. Each of these, are accordingly, as they reply to you, you can then reply back, rebut what they say using this. On the left is more legal side. It's for if you've been uh, summoned to court, there is a fee schedule there if you want to use that. If you want to create your own, there's a universal notice to evildoers. And that's pretty much rejecting everything they're sending you and, and, and giving them notice that you're on to them. Failure to honour a bill of exchange. There's a template there you can use. When they come back with a stupidity that it's not acceptable, then you can send that back in. You have to rebut. Always yeah. rebut. Yeah. 
you can't just let it slide and not respond to the letter because if they get 30 days on that letter, then you're done. That letter then becomes fact in the matter. Changing what legal the, status. Yeah, also, when you're responding to them, you always give them a, a time limit for a response back. So, you have to be honourable. Yeah, you, you give them 28 days or seven days or whatever it is, multiples of seven. You give them 28 days to respond. If they don't, then it becomes a fact, as you say. You do reply to them as ASAP. Don't let it go more than three days. Make sure it's sent off by registered mail. You allow them 30 days to respond. Right. So then under court matters, we've got notice of pending lawsuit. I'm going to be using that very shortly. I'll explain that in a minute. Notice of special appearance by Affid Davis. Okay, so you can do that. I won't go into all of this because there's a bit here, but if, if you really want to do something and learn how to do all of this stuff, this little website here is a goldmine of good information. So come over here, read it, learn it, use it, and let's stop GovCorp stealing our money. That homepage is where all the templates are. In that same website is another tab which uh, gives you additional information. There's videos, there's templates, there's sections of the bills of exchange there that you can refer to. This is educating you. Bills of exchange are promissory notes. If you study this stuff, you pretty much educated yourself on our whole currency system. There is no other currency system. We don't have any other. They removed our currency in 66, and since then, the whole country's been operating on bills of exchange and promissory notes. So when they say, we don't recognize it or we don't accept that, they're lying. They're it's either the dumbest of the dumb or they're bloody lying. Of course <laughs> they're lying. <laughs> the whole economy, if bills of exchange, the money in your pocket, a checkbook, a credit card, electronic fund transfer, they're all promissory notes. They're all just different forms of it, but it's the same thing. Yes. There's no cash changing hands. It's uh, notes changing. Look, I think I'm, I'm going to be talking to Richard Rhodes again, and I think we'll get a get the, the, the three of us onto a Zoom call and record all of this and show people how to do it, because there was quite a bit of scepticism from our cousins in the UK. Some of them had never heard of this, obviously, and thought it was a scam, but a lot of people want to know more. So let's get the word out there. And because, of course, the Bills of Exchange Act came from what year was it? Yeah, this is 1909. Yes, but the one in the UK, I think, was even earlier. Yeah, it was, yeah, because we had instituted into our constitution, section 51, number 16, it's okay. just bills of exchange and promissory notes. That's 1901, and they came from England. That's right. Any Absolutely. act that has been enacted and not repealed in the UK is still valid here in Australia too. What most people don't realise is if you read in the 1909 Bills of Exchange for Australia in Section 22, it spells out very clearly. When you receive a bill, all you need to do is put your monocle on it, send it back. That's all you have to do. We don't need this nonsense with notices and crap like that. That's because what they force us on. Yeah. If once you have your autograph on that bill and you send that bill back, it's authorised. They've been instructed to draw down from the system of trust and actually balance the account because we can't pay anything. There's nothing to pay with. Look, what we're doing is we are settling accounts. Okay, now, quite a few people have asked for an update on my court case. I Just to give you a quick background, a few years ago, a friend of mine got swept up in this anti-terrorism raids in Melbourne and thrown into jail for three years yeah. in solitary confinement, allowed out for one hour a day. 
to exercise. That was it. And I wrote articles, I did podcasts, and eventually I think it had an effect and they actually put him on trial. Three years after he was arrested, he got convicted and thrown into jail for 12 years. He's still there. But while the trial was going on, I went down to try and give evidence and the judge wouldn't even let me in the room. So I didn't actually go anywhere near the courtroom. Now, when I got home, I wrote an article about my experience and I named a few people involved in this guy's trial. Unfortunately for me, I didn't know that there was a suppression order on. And so when I rang up his lawyer the next day to say, oh, I'll have a look at this article and make sure everything's correct. He said, oh, no, you can't publish anything about the court case. It's under a suppression order. So I immediately took it down. Now, you would think that, that would be the end of it, right? But not with this GovCorp. They've been going after me for four years now to try and put me in prison for five years for publishing an article, which is actually protected under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 19, brackets 2, which states that every single Australian and married to... <laughs> has an absolute right to make any statement or you know, express themselves in any way in writing or text videos or anything at all without any fear of consequences, unless, of course, you're harming somebody. But that's covered by the law anyway. So they've been going after me for publishing this article, and I have an absolute right to do so. Not only that, but I've been challenging them for dragging me down to Victoria because under Constitution Section 80, I must be tried in the state where I'm accused of committing the crime. Now, I published the article in Queensland, but the Victorian court is excusing their overriding the Constitution by saying, oh, yes, but it went on the internet and it had an effect in Victoria. So the judge has asked the prosecution now to send in recommendations on sentencing. And they came back and said, oh, we've done some investigation. And the people mentioned in his article have said that there's been no repercussions, no harm. So where there's no harm, there's no crime. And they said, but we still recommend some jail time for him. Why? Really? Why? What I did this day, I went down to Brisbane to the Supreme Court and I filed an application for a writ of habeas corpus to get these two judges into my court where they will have to answer why they felt that they had the jurisdiction and the authority to override the Constitution. As you know, our courts are extremely corrupt. So the registrar refused to accept my filing. And when I objected and I said, you have to have it, he said, all right, I'll put it before a judge and that judge can make the decision. I said, no, you can't do that either. For a, a judicial decision on this, you have to have three judges. No, we only had need one to decide whether we're going to accept it or not. Along the way, I've been gathering masses of evidence of the crimes, treason, and corruption. Eventually, we may have to resort to setting up common law courts. I'm working with a Perth group now who have been setting up a sheriff's organization, and we're working now to go nationwide with them. So we're asking people all over Australia now, if you want to become a sheriff, then write to Perth at commonlaw.earth, and Mandy will get in touch with you and explain how to get inducted as a sheriff. And we need literally hundreds of thousands of sheriffs. Are there any restrictions on how, how to become a sheriff? Of course there are. You must be healthy. You must be fit. You must be strong. And you must be willing to do it. 
In other words, you can't come in and get sworn in as a sheriff and then walk away. If you're going to do this, you've got to be a sheriff, and that means commitment. So please get in touch with Mandy at Perth at commonlaw.earth, and let's get this going because it's time. And oh, by the way, I forgot one very important thing. Once you become a common law sheriff, you have higher jurisdiction than any policeman because I only work for a corporation. We work for the Commonwealth of Australia, and therefore we have the, the supreme authority. Let's not forget that even without sheriffs, every man and woman in this country has the supreme jurisdiction over all corporate employees. That's right. We are already sheriffs. That's right. We all have to just stand up and defend ourselves. I proved this a while back, Mike. We had a big rally down in Brisbane during COVID. And we set up our marquee at the Botanical Gardens for a big rally. And we put our cars up behind, right? So everything's going along nice until these two council lay holes come along. Whose cars are those? We just denied. We don't know. Whose cars are they? Oh, who are you people? Why? Who are you? Oh, we're from the Brisbane City Council. So... What gives you the right to come here and question us? Oh, but you're on council land. I said, no, you're not on council land. We're not on council land. You are on our public land and you are public servants. You work for us. So don't you come here and start throwing your weight around. And they said, oh, we need your names and phone numbers. And I said, no, you don't. They got so frustrated asking and asking, they went running to the police who were standing just around and said, Oh, these people won't give us their, their contact details. And you know what the police said? So, not our problem. In the end, the council guys walked away because they could do nothing. Without our consent, they could do nothing. And that's been proven in court already in the District Criminal Court in Parramatta. There's a case law, a precedent set there that a council worker or a ranger, whatever you want to call them, they give themselves their own self-titles. They have no jurisdiction. You have no obligation to do as they say. And that's been proven in court already. They're not recognized authority. And that's including police. Police have no authority. (laughs) If you're referring to the Crown's Proceedings Act, 1958, Section 23, prison officers and police are nobody. They have no immunity. They're not recognized under the Crown. Sorry, mate. Can you repeat that act again? It's the Crown's Proceedings Act, 1958, Section 23. Everyone should Google it. It's there. Read the damn thing. It says very plain day. Police and prison officers have no immunity. They are not recognized under the crown. So the question would be, who the hell do they think they are running around with guns, threatening and enforcing people to do things against their will? That's the slave master acting against the slaves, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, under the law, under that same law, Every sheriff can deputise anybody in Australia, including the police. You can deputise yourself under Section 7 of the Police Act. Yeah. Every man or woman can actually step in and actually take charge of the law. We 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 don't need authority. We are the authority. We need to start putting it into practice. And we we have the duty. And if they come and harm you, it's the obligation of every man or woman around his witnessing to step in and take care of it. Self-defense, not only of yourself, but of your fellow man. That's right. Exactly. All right, mate. Anything else you'd like to add to that? No. 
Oh, good. There's so much to learn. Fortunately, you and I have done all the hard yards. Everyone only has to just read what we got. We're not spouting rubbish here. We're not making crap up. It's the law. It's written law. Stop watching the stupid media, bloody TV. It's a load of crap in there. Propaganda bullshit. Four years ago, I didn't know anything about the law. But since they charged me, I've had to do a lot of study. And anybody can do it, Michael. The law is very easy to read. It's not gobbledygook. It's all written in plain, simple English. All you have to do is get out there and read it. Of course, the big problem for most people is, what do I have to go and read? How do I read it? And where do I read it? And that's what you and I provide, a service to show you. This is where you go to find this particular law. The shortcut. We provide the shortcut to get the information straight off the bat. You don't have to go looking through libraries. We already got the information. You just ask for it. That's right. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, Michael, I don't know if you remember, I, I published a new little booklet called the Common Law Reference Book. It's a very small book, but it contains the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act 1901. There you go. That's the one. I go by. <laughs> Good. It's a must read for everybody. Yeah. And you can carry it around in your pocket. Uh, but it's got the Constitution. It's got the Magna Carta, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And quite a few other good things in there. So it's another good book. Another good book to have handy is this one. You get it for free from your local federal members' office. They just go to your local Fed and ask for the free pocket size constitution. It does have their label, their brand. It doesn't have everything that the constitution has, but it has all the good bits. <laughs> and they, they can't argue with it. They're actually operating under this. So yeah. it's their book. You put it in their face and say, oh, Section 92 says I don't need a license. So what are you talking about? It's their book. That's right. And this is the book that Whitlam caused to be published. Yes. When he set up his Queen of Australia and Republic of Australia. He didn't call it the Republic of Australia, but that's what he did. When he took the Queen out of the Constitution, which was treason, an attack on the Crown, when he took the Queen out of the Constitution by amending the Royal Silent Titles Act, he committed massive high treason. They're all in treason. And he created that fake constitution. He, in fact, took our constitution and copyrighted it to their corporation in the USA, which is now the Australian government. That's where the Australian government is registered as a corporation. It's not our government. And it's so, the capital name that they're operating under. It's yeah. all capital letters. That's not us. That's not the Commonwealth of Australia. That's their fiction they created to to defraud all of us to believe that we're still under the crown. But it's all make-believe. It's smoke and mirrors. It's everything they have created is a load of pods Yeah. All right, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure to talk to you again. We're always full of knowledge and a little bit of entertainment too. <laughs> I love being entertained. All right, mate. Catch you later. Thank you. Cheers, bye. Our Commonwealth of Australia is founded on the work of visionaries who crafted the very essence of our government, legal and social framework. The rights our founding fathers worked so diligently to protect. This easy reference contains the Constitution, Magna Carta, English Bill of Rights, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, and Queen Victoria's Letters Patent. All essential when you need the knowledge to defend your rights and live as a free, independent man or woman. Make knowledge your superpower.
Get your copy of Common Law Easy Reference for just $50, including postage. Available at commonlaw.earth.